0: Welcome back to TV Reload. My name's Benjamin Norris, and this is another bonus episode taking a look at Channel 10's new game show, The Cube. We certainly have a special guest in Andy Lee. While you normally would find him alongside Hamish Blake, today we'll be talking to Andy alone. Why? Because he is out on his own hosting the newest game show, The Cube, now on Channel 10, Wednesdays at 730 Andy's been a household name for as long as I've been an adult. He has hosted radio shows, been on countless television networks and in this new venture, you will see a new side to the comedian that will no doubt make you fall in love with him just a little bit more than you already did before. Channel 10 has brought us this new game show from the UK and given the format and an Australian makeover. Andy Lee hosting is a part of that strategy in making this program our own. With now biting games and an opportunity for everyday Australians to win a quarter of a million dollars, it's sure to become a staple amongst all Australians looking for some good old-fashioned entertainment. I think we all think Andy Lee is our own personal best friend, and that's why it's so easy to talk to this Aussie legend. I'd like to welcome you to today's guest, the host of The Cube, it's Andy Lee.
1: People don't know, the UK version of The Cube's been going for quite some time. He is the talented TV host, comedian and author. I had seen the show before and loved it, and so that's why I jumped at the opportunity to host ours. I am The Cube. Because we didn't want everybody accidentally just walking out with a quarter of a million. Seven games between you and a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, who is the ultimate Cube host, Philip Schofield or Andy Lee? The Cube. Isn't your average skill test. Like, it's it's not like I'm out there on stage missing Hamish while it's happening because I was deeply engrossed in the games and kind of consumed by the show. How are you, mate? Are you well? I'm well. I'm well pumped for everyone to see this week's episode of The Cube. After last week started really strongly, which is nice.
0: And, like, The Cube is such a great opportunity for Aussies to watch TV with their family. Mm. What shows do you remember watching with your parents?
1: Oh, well, we had a, a system... At our house, Ben, where if you were uh, naughty, very rarely me, but if you were naughty, you got ticks on the board, and three ticks mean you weren't able to watch your favourite TV show. Oh. And you could say at the start of the week what your show is going to be. And so the ones I'd would nominate would be the Comedy Company, that was uh, that was <laughs> in the early eighties, and It's a Knockout, which were yeah, which were like very important to see. My sister's was Young Talent Time. If she didn't eat her dinner. <sighs> Uh, you know, three nights in a row, there was no young talent time for her. And then when I got a little bit older, the late show, even though it probably was not so much family fun, my mum and dad would let me stay up and watch <laughs> the late show. So maybe mum and dad have got their the, the D-Gen guys and Mick Malloyd and Tony Martin to blame for me going down this path.
0: I think I just realised that we're the same age because I watched every single one of those shows. <laughs> uh, we never had ticks on the board though. We were allowed to get away with whatever.
1: Right, right. <laughs> which is why you're the delinquent you are today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch much of the British version to sort of get prepared or were you sort of worried watching that that you'd feel like you're impersonating it?
1: Yeah, great question. So, yeah, people don't know the UK version of The Cube has been going for quite some time, almost 13 years, I think. Not 13 seasons, they had some time off. So, yeah, I had seen the show before and loved it and so that's why I jumped at the opportunity to host ours. But what you say is a good question because you... Get myself. I got myself familiar with it, and then there was a point where I had to go, okay, I don't want to watch any more of this because I don't want to parrot it. <laughs> and Philip Schofield is the host in the UK, and Philip is a the Koshy, really, of the UK. He's a breakfast morning host. So his style is different, definitely different to mine. The US used a, uh, a basketballer, Dwayne Wade, who is a huge NBA basketballer over there, won some championships for the Heat. So I like to think that I'm just the perfect blend of Dwayne Wade <laughs> with my athleticism and Philip Sch- Schofield with my presenting now.
0: <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Did you send them a message and be like, have you got any tips or anything like that? Or just didn't reach out to them?
1: No, I, I didn't reach out to them. I should have actually. I saw someone um, tweet very <laughs> early, you know, who is the ultimate cube host, Philip Schofield or Andy Lee, and uh, and and tagged him in that, that post. So I write back, uh, Philip Schofield is is always the sensei and I'm merely the grasshopper, (laughs) and I look forward to meeting him at the top of some hill in some temple where he passes on all the skills that's required to be the host of the cube.
0: And did he ever respond or did you just sit there waiting for him to respond and it never happened?
1: Great question. I haven't actually gone back and had a look. I'm I'll go and look for of... you. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, you can break it to me. <laughs>
0: I'll give it a like so that he gets another opportunity to see it.
1: <laughs> That'd be nice.
0: Did you get to help with any of these challenges? I mean, the best thing about this is that it's quite simple, mm. but then the stress of being put in this cube and giving you that time frame and the money, but... Did you know you were doing the show and say, oh, I've got a few ideas?
1: Um, no. With this format, the game, and when they purchased it, they came with 37 games, of which we ended up using oh, wow. 30 of them. And there's certainly times where I would say, oh, I'm not sure if this game's right when we were testing them. And the hard thing is because they've been so thoroughly tested, the games, and they're, they're targeting a specific skill set. Yeah, right. We didn't get the exact props sent from the UK. that We built them ourselves. And even down to how a ball might be painted or what type of material the ball's made out of or the plate's made out of something can affect the game for balance type games, all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, say if something's a bit more rubbery than it used to, it's more likely to stick. So they had to do those tests. They test them with lots of people, different people to see, to make sure that the stats that lined up with how hard the games are were the same as how hard the games were in the UK, because we didn't want everybody accidentally just walking out with a quarter of a million uh, per episode. (laughs) As much as I'd love that. Yeah, ring the network. (laughs) Two and a half million dollars later, the network might go, okay, that's the last time we ever played this
0: game. Have you heard that story where they gave away half a million dollars on who wants to be a millionaire? And Eddie Maguire was like, got a phone call from the network saying, what are you doing? You can't keep giving away money like this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I also heard that Eddie was convinced that someone was cheating once you have to ask ed about it but i i, yeah, I i'd heard maybe there rumor maybe fact that he was convinced they couldn't pin it on him but he was convinced that that someone was cheating once
0: you know what was really good about the first episode that i liked was that you had like a mateship with these guys straight away and you really went with them on the journey mm-hmm. do you spend much time to build a relationship with them like it was so amazing to watch because we don't really see that on these sorts mm. of shows, but you really seem to connect and go with them on that journey.
1: There you go, game number one. <laughs> David, you just put your arm in there that size and displace half the balls, I think. <laughs> 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 what are you thinking about this game? You've got a person in mind that you think might be better off going in? For this type of game, I think, Ellie, you'll, be, you'll do better. I honestly think that. If you guys are ready... Ellie specifically, yes, for two thousand dollars, end of the cube.
0: You got this. Is there a time that you spend with these contestants before they, before it all, the magic happens?
1: We discussed that, and we went with no. I didn't even meet them until they walk up. So the casting did an amazing job because all the different duos mm. were really fun and likable, and it gets intense for some of them. And there's some bickering that goes on, and I kind of play therapist. <laughs> at times, which I understand when there's money on the line and this money means a lot to people. But yeah, I really, yeah. I really thought Ellie and David were just wonderful chaps. If, if you hadn't seen episode one, you should go back. People should go back and watch it because a lot of feedback I got from friends, family, and and even public saying these guys are just so nice, so genuine. And yeah. we entered the show saying, let's not try and change people. Let's not give them a a tag you know or a headline as to what type of person they are and a lot of shows at the moment almost make character tours out of the everyday people that are playing them yeah and so we were we wanted to see them in their kind of everyday clothes and present as they would and I think that you that you find a bit more of a genuine appeal there because the game the show's about the games and it's a it's a show about composure more than anything. Yeah. And you don't really need to know people's backstories, but we tend to learn them throughout an episode.
0: You really do. I mean, I, I was watching it and just thinking it was great that, as I said, you don't really see that journey a lot of the time. You know, with hosts they mm. don't really get that opportunity to connect like that. And I think it's probably one of the most magical things about it. Um, it's such a great show because Australians last year we spent a lot. Of time in lockdown. I kind of feel like this was a bit of a tip of the hat to Aussies watching the show. Yep. Uh, what did you do to try and keep sane throughout lockdown?
1: Uh, I did invent little skill games around the house. <laughs> so at one point I was trying to hit a tennis ball over my, my the roof of my um, house and then run through the house and catch the ball on the other side of, of the house, which I was successful. That was two hours of Beck's day filming me, which she wouldn't, she never gets back. But uh, I I tell you what, she wouldn't have have been that patient if we weren't in lockdown.
0: I'm imagining that you played board games with Rebecca. I want to know, are you a good winner or a a good loser?
1: A bad loser. (laughs) A poor loser. Uh, No, I don't. Depends who I'm playing, I've decided that is how I react. If I'm playing against someone, like with Beck, I, I don't mind Beck winning she, uh, she says she's bad at board games and she often <laughs> chokes at the end because of her own nerves. So when she actually is triumphant, I get excited for her because she just loves it so much. So I found that across the board. If I'm playing golf against someone or um, any sports games, if, if, if they are an underdog and, and they're really nice, I'm not so, not so fussed if they beat me. But if I'm up against someone arrogant, I'll do everything I can to make sure they lose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's nice that you're like that with Rebecca. I'm sure she appreciates it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people were asking you about you know what did Hamish have to say about you doing the show, what sort of advice? Did he give? But I guess we haven't really heard what he thought of the first episode. Did he watch the first episode, and what was his feedback?
1: Great question. Hames away at the moment on on holidays, and I think he's got very little reception. I've tried to call him a couple of times. He he sent me, he sent me a text back saying, "Mate, very dodgy reception here at the moment. I apologise. So we chatted briefly this morning. He was uh, extremely complimentary, and he he was awesome in the leader because I mean we talk about all our uh, you know obviously these are more public-facing high-profile solo projects but we've always always had lots of tiny projects that we do on the side that we're passionate about and he's the person I go to straight away to go hey I think you're doing this what do you reckon and his advice is always strong so it was super helpful with regards to this as well and the main time I felt like I, I missed him was in the downtime because on all our shows together you know when you're performing you're performing so like, it's, it's not like I'm out there on stage missing Hamish while it's happening because I was deeply engrossed in the games and the people playing yeah. and, and kind of consumed by the show. But it was when I went back to my little hut on the side of the stage where Haim would normally be and we'd be laughing and mucking about <laughs> in between <laughs> in the ad breaks, et cetera. That's where I certainly felt like, uh, I was like oh, yeah, this is a different vibe.
0: You know, what's so funny about the two of you doing like with Hamish doing Lego Masters and mm. you now doing the Cube, it made me think about some of the other shows that had been offered to you to host over the years. Like mm. I can remember one in particular that they wanted you to both do and you turned down. Are there any shows that you can tell me that you turned down that they asked you to host?
1: It's not really kosher. Uh, and, the, and the thing to do is just to say that the, the the shows you may have turned down over the over the run. But I'll give you one. Look, Haim and I, the main reason for, for not doing uh, projects along the run was because we were doing our own stuff together, and yeah. that took up a lot of our time. So it was never a, um, a slight on the quality of shows that, that were presented to us to do, although some of the times it was. <laughs> Sometimes, like, I don't think this is a good show. Often I was wrong. But um, Haim and I, when Daryl Summers finished up on Dance the Stars, Got asked to host Dance with the Stars after Daryl Summers. I don't know when that was. It would have been early, late 2000s.
0: Yeah, it's late. I think it's 2009 that he walked away because I think go. that was 2005 that it launched and he did four seasons of it. Mm. Um, he should have done it though and taken his trailer because he had a huge trailer that he wanted while was, he was making yeah,
1: that. Yeah, exactly. He went old school <laughs> with his TV uh, demands. So, yeah, Ham and I got off of that and did not have to think long to, uh, to say no because neither of us dance, so we don't. And I like the show. It just was not the type <laughs> of show for two 20-year-old fellows to suddenly do. And I think they went with Dan McPherson, which was a much better, much better person to go with.
0: Oh, no, he's great. And he did a good job of that. I think he made it his own. I mean, the worst thing great. about going into Daryl Summers' shoes is doing that thing that, you yeah. know, this is not good podcasting, <laughs> but the silence yeah. thing that Daryl used
1: to do. When he cut the band off, when he, yeah, he raved his hands in front of his chest to cut the band off. That was, yeah, that was actually one thing I did want to do. That was the only thing that drew me to the project, an opportunity to cut an orchestra off with my hand.
0: You know what was funny though? The one show that I heard about, and it might, I might be so dead wrong mm. with this and a turn of events meant that I ended up on that show, but I remember being at the Logies that year that it was about to be announced who was hosting Big Brother. Mm. And there was rumours that they'd asked you both to do it, and then Sonya ended up doing it. Mm. But I was like, I remember, it, like, I don't know if you remember this, but one night I was out with you and Hamish yeah. and a few other mutual friends, and we stayed there talking about Big Brother for a while. Oh yeah, I
1: do remember this.
0: And then we sat there talking about because I remember you were really fascinated with I was the show, fascinated as- with
1: Big Brother absolutely at
0: that time yeah and you had so many questions about it and then it was so weird because then they rang me and asked me to do that show and I was like that's so bizarre that (laughs) if you guys would have ended up hosting that show after we'd had this conversation you know (laughs) like it was
1: so bizarre yeah I mean I still i I particularly the early seasons of Big Brother I'm still fascinated because you know it was it's like the early seasons of anything people learn the tricks they learn what they are meant to do on television and they go in and suddenly they're oh, yeah. portraying, a, a, portraying a very different look and feel or often the exact same of look and feel that we've seen already. And, you know, I would say that that's the Absolutely. challenge for, for a lot of these shows that rely on reality contestants doing the same thing is like we kind of work our way through all the different combinations of, you know, how a couple are going yeah. to fight or cheat on each other or all this stuff. So how do you keep it fresh? But yeah, I'm not, I can't even remember or recall whether Hayman and I were asked to do that. But yeah, again, if we were, it would have been a very short conversation because we were so keen on on making our own shows.
0: What's a funny story that uh, was kind of like the take home, like something after working on the show that you can sit around the dinner table and, you know, tell your friends?
1: I mean, everything, I mean, everything went relatively smoothly on set. I must admit, the part that I found a little bit funny is when, a contestant is asking for clarification of a rule from me, yeah. And they need to be really specific because you know they might have they might be going fifty thousand dollars and risking twenty thousand dollars to do it because there's no yeah. safe zones in the show. They'd often ask, and I would just make it up what I thought <laughs> the rule might be. <laughs> so they might say, "Hey, am I allowed to hold the ball in both hands?" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you can do that." And then Alex in my ear would be going, "No, no, 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 no! Don't say that! Don't!" <laughs> and very often during the show I'd have to go stop everyone stop I've lied again (laughs) and the audience would laugh and I say I've got a terrible habit of just making up the rules if someone's asking for clarification now let me actually get the right rule because I want to make sure that um, we don't do someone out of a lot of money so yeah that would be a little trait that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fix if we go to season two because It's too tempting when someone asks you a question just to answer it straight away.
0: Have they said much about series two? Because, you know, I guess we're one episode in and I loved it. I mean, I'm, I can honestly show you, I don't actually bite my nails or (laughs) I peeled them all off. A lot of people talked about the slow-mo people Mm. like, oh, there's too much slow-mo and all this stuff. That was the thing that got me.
1: yeah and that's good i mean it's always good to get criticism particularly from the public we looked at that with regards to upcoming episodes did we overdo the intensity uh the editors and so on and and i think that we can balance that out a little bit but i did have other people saying to me that they loved all the slow-mo and bullet time because it made things super intense just like in jack bauer and 24 it's only meant to take place in a day. But the last 30 seconds before the bomb went off used to be about three hours of television. So there's there's certainly ways to make things feel more intense. And, yeah, I, I actually love that about the show. But I think we're going to balance it moving forward.
0: Maybe balance it out. But do you know what's so weird as well? If you're looking at social media as being like the guide to changing these sorts of things up, I mean, it's not the vox pop that's necessarily that accurate that all Australians are thinking that. Do you know what I mean? Like you couldn't necessarily change a show, I would say, because you find that that becomes the common thing because Twitter and all of these sorts of things, as I said, I don't think is the vox pop and the general opinion all the time.
1: No, not at all. I mean, I think there's 10 times more likely to have a negative comment about uh, anything on on social media than a positive one. So yes, you've got to take all these things with a grain of salt. But I I didn't uh, – I, I saw that on social media and wasn't too phased. But when there's people that I love and trust in the industry who reached out and chatted about it and, and they had a similar note, that's why I'm like, oh, okay, there could be something in that. But not not to – the other thing, you've got to hold your nerve on with the cars the TV shows, you've got to know what you are and you certainly don't chase yeah. the tail trying to please everybody and, and we know that – that's our show, that we want to dramatize the intensity of singular games, but then keep them real for all the reactions and the pressure.
0: Well, one thing for sure, though, there was so much positivity for you hosting the show. Like it was, it was really quite lovely to watch because social media can be quite cruel, but I reckon there was like a 100%, like a 99%, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes that people were so supportive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was really nice. I mean, I, I'm probably uh, a pretty unoffensive host. though, uh, And I've also had, I was lucky enough to have a very strong format to lean on. So if, if I was in doubt, yeah, throw them in the game. But I also feel that however however bad your host is, you make up with, with cameras. And so when <laughs> when Channel 10 got 140 cameras to shoot this, I was like, yeah, okay. They know exactly <laughs> the deficiencies of the bad person they've got in charge.
0: I just also thought the thing that was amazing from your hosting skills is, and no disrespect to anyone else hosting a show, but these days people are almost parroting the idea of hosting a show where Mm. they're putting something on. And I felt like you were so authentic not to go and lean into those sort of over-dramatizing, which I think is hard to do because, you know, you think, oh, I'm hosting a show. I've got to try and be like Osher Ginsburg or someone Mm. where I think you were probably one of the most authentic people I've seen hosting a show in a long time which was refreshing
1: oh oh, that's nice to hear because i must admit i was a bit worried after it going have i just have i not given it enough game show (laughs) like i was i was concerned a little bit to go jeepers have i undersold the show anyway because the energy i'm giving is probably not up there with the energy a lot of other game show hosts do bring they're pretty big and i didn't really want to do that so i was kind of glad that it came across okay without diminishing the excitement of the show, the energy of the show. It was more just, you know, the other thing is I just really wanted them to win. I found myself just, you know, with, with all the contestants, I just really. You're
0: lying to them,
1: uh, <laughs> creating your
0: own rules, uh, yeah. hoping that they're going to win. Yeah.
1: I just, I, um, so I just, yeah, I became pretty invested in the, um, in the games and, and the people pretty quickly. And it was more mainly at the end of an episode where I'd go, Shit Alex was that right? Because I just I don't remember Working at all Or or doing any housekeeping I feel like I just Was barracking for them And and stepping them Through the games Yeah Yeah.
0: Just to finish it off We've seen episode one Mm. There's plenty more To look forward to Throughout the series Is there something You can tease us with
1: This week is is Pretty awesome Because a 70 year old Grandmother Played to their grandson Oh that's cute It's the show That has you On the edge Of your seat I can do this Hayden I think you can then I'm pretty confident in you. I must admit, (laughs) when she walked up, I I kind of like in my head was going, all right, I better practice my well done. You gave it a shot, but you you won nothing speech. (laughs) (laughs) But she is good. So, yeah, I I was sitting there thinking she wouldn't be around very long and we'd be working on her. I'd be busy trying to remember the names of the next contestants. But um, she was just so calm. And it's funny, the games, as we mentioned earlier, the games are more, and the show's a test of composure just as much as it is about the skills. And yeah. she was unparalleled to anyone in the, in the comp, I reckon, uh, on the show with how calm and really clear she was in how she attacked all the games. And yeah, it was nice to see that, you know, you don't have to be young, athletic, <laughs> uh, to, to, to go really deep you just have to be able to hold your nerve
0: would you have been able to play with either of your grandmothers could you imagine being in that situation um were they were they ca- even were they not calm-nerved
1: not <laughs> currently because both of them are dead so we were very weird uh <laughs> oh god we've gone to a dark place we've gone to a dark place abandoned abort abort <laughs> I saw your face I just wanted to see your reaction
0: are they but, dead or are they not dead
1: they're still dead they're both dead well okay. Ago. Okay, they, they both okay I'm back illnesses. at yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I'm back here. I'm back here with the awkwardness.
1: The um, uh, <laughs> my my mum's mum, Nana, she would have been fearless and skillful enough to do it. Um, my uh, my my grandma on my dad's side, Marnie. Ah, oh, she's lovely. Uh, but I'm not going to back her skills.
0: God rest the... What are you supposed to say at this point? Anyway, congratulations, mate, on the show. It's so fantastic. I think Thanks it's. I, I, I'm on. just going to sit there and watch it all. I'm going to get yeah. some. Um, some band-aids to put on my fingernails (laughs) just so that just so that i don't tear them all off but congratulations
1: thanks so much for taking the time bud good to see you